Please repeat after me. Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me. James Bonham was a young lawyer from South Carolina, and he had only been in Texas for three months when he volunteered to fight at the Alamo, small fort near the Guadalupe River in San Antonio. And on February 23rd, 1836, as General Santa Ana and his 2,000 troops gathered, the 182 men at the Alamo prepared for battle. Just then, James broke through enemy lines and rode his horse all the way back to Goliad, Texas, to find help. No one in Goliad was willing to fight. Next, James Bonham rode to Victoria, Texas. No one in Victoria, Texas was willing to fight either. So what did James Bonham do? He didn't ride back to South Carolina. He rode back to the Alamo, back to the fight, back to the battle, certain that he would die. We're in our sermon series for the places of the passion this Lenten season in Matthew's gospel. Today we begin our walk in Bethphage. It was Bethphage on the Mount of Olives where Jesus began his ride into Jerusalem, back to the fight, back to the battle. Most certain he would die. Matthew says it this way in chapter 21. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken up. And they were all asking, who is this? Who is this? That's the question for Palm Sunday. That's the question throughout the ages. Who is Jesus? Well, now, some people like a popular Jesus, and so they've kind of made Jesus and put him into their own context. Some say Jesus is a therapist. He helps us just cope with life's problems. He tells us how valuable we are and encourages us to be not to be so hard on ourselves. If we were millennials, all of us, Jesus would be giving us all a trophy or a badge, a blue ribbon. Some say Jesus is a, is a coffee lover. He's kind of laid back. But if he does drink coffee, it's fair trade coffee at Starbucks and loves spiritual deep conversations around coffee and goes to film festivals. Some say Jesus is a coach. He helps Christian athletes run faster and jump higher than non-Christian athletes. Well, some say Jesus is a hippie and spiritual guru. Jesus says, give peace a chance. Imagine a world without religion. Remember, all you need is love. And like a spiritual guru, he might say, get out in nature and find the God within you. Some say Jesus is a revolutionary. He teaches us to rebel against the status quo. He did. Stick it to the man and blame everything on the system. He did. Some say Jesus is a good example. He shows us how to change the planet and 
help them not pollute and help little old ladies across the street. Well, then there's the plastic Jesus. You know, Paul Newman starred in the movie Cool Hand Luke, and he sings a song in the movie called Plastic Jesus. It includes these lyrics. Well, I don't care if it rains or freezes, long as I have my plastic Jesus. These appear on dashboards, you know, little stands. A plastic Jesus believer sees the Savior as a good luck charm. I won't get in a crash if Jesus is on my dash. Some have bobblehead Jesus in the front. It's like a rabbit's foot, a four-leaf clover, someone they turn to when they need a favor and nothing else. We all need the real Jesus, however, and that's where Matthew comes in. Who is the real Jesus? Because if we get Jesus right, we get everything right. But if we get Jesus wrong, we get everything else wrong too. Matthew tells us about this in living color. Jesus is our humble king who serves. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, as Matthew relates, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied up and a, and a colt with her. Untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say to them, the Lord needs them. Jesus employs here the, the law of royal levy. And the law of, the law of royal levy is that it gave the king an authority to get anything from anyone at any time. The Lord needs them. Who is Jesus? Jesus is king. Jesus is the king. But what kind of king? Matthew tells us in chapter 21, Behold, your king comes to you humble and riding on a donkey. Compare this with the verse in Matthew is quoting, in Zechariah, which says, Behold, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, humble and riding on a donkey. It's kind of surprising that Matthew leaves out Zechariah's phrase, righteous and having salvation, and just sticks with the word humble and riding on a donkey. Righteous and salvation both appear many times in the Gospel of Matthew, 17 for righteous, 15 for having salvation. But by leaving these out, Matthew emphasizes Christ's attribute of humility. In Matthew chapter 11, Matthew says, Jesus makes this clear when he says, I am humble and lowly in heart. The donkey, though, further accents Jesus' humility. By not riding on a horse, Jesus announces that he doesn't come to bark out orders, but to wash feet. Jesus doesn't come to dominate and intimidate, but to love and forgive and shed tears. Jesus doesn't come to marshal up an army, but to stretch out his hands on a cross for us and for our salvation. Though rich, this king becomes poor, so that through his poverty he might make us rich beyond our wildest imaginations. A king like this is worth shouting about, maybe even Hosanna. 
Jesus is king, all right, but Jesus is also a humble king. Jesus uses his authority not to reign, but to serve. Who does he serve? Us. Matthew says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, back to the fight, back to the battle, most certain he would die. And why would he do that? To give his life as a ransom for many. A ransom, as you probably know, is a sum of money paid to release prisoners. Prisoners to anxiety, prisoners to emptiness, fear, sin, and selfishness. Prisoners like you and me. Martin Luther says Jesus ransomed us not with gold or with silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent bitter suffering and death. Prisoners to sin, we've been ransomed and we've been redeemed, bought back by the blood. Jesus is our humble king who serves. But Jesus is also our mighty warrior who fights. The crowds that went before him, Matthew continues to tell us, and the crowds that followed after him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means save us now. Couple that with palm branches, which is an ancient sign for victory, and Jesus is the mighty warrior. True, Jesus is a humble king who serves, but Jesus is also a mighty warrior who fights for our rescue, for our salvation, for our liberation, for our freedom from death. Jesus fights sin and Satan, demons and death. He wins on the third day. He's resurrected. But Jesus is also a radical prophet who shakes up the city. Matthew 21 says, when he entered the Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken up and said, who is he? Prophets do that. Prophets shake things up, and, and we need it to happen. We need it now. We become lackluster and lethargic, listless and lukewarm in our faith. Prophets shake things up. Isaiah, in Isaiah 20, we read that he walked around naked for three years. I always wonder, maybe I should think, shake things up in the congregation. But then our numbers are few to begin with. Jesus, uh, Jeremiah buried his underwear. Was it Haines or Fruit of the Loom? Hosea married a prostitute named Gomer. Hosea chapter 1 starts out by the command of the Lord to marry a prostitute. And Jesus? What did Jesus do to shake things up? Jesus allowed people to spit on him, beat him, impale him, and spike him to wood. Describing his death, Matthew says, the earth shook, the rocks split open. But there were more than, than just shaking going on. Describing Easter, Matthew 28 says, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the crucified one is not dead. He is risen. That shakes up things. 
The resurrection means Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is our radical prophet who shakes the city. But you know, as I was writing this sermon, I'm thinking back to the donkey. And I'm thinking what the donkey would say now the day after. The donkey probably woke up Monday morning. He could have. His mind still savoring the afterglow of that most exciting day of his life, when people were just strewing all this praise and in front of him, thinking about it and reliving how great he was that Jesus chose him to carry him. He found some people who had been there. And so as walking through the next day, he commanded them, throw down your garment. But they looked at him as if he was crazy. Miserable heathens, the donkey muttered. You weren't chosen. I was. I'll go to the marketplace. And so he goes to the marketplace and asks the people, where are the palm branches? Yesterday you threw palm branches. Hurt and deeply broken, the donkey went home to his father. Crazy donkey, his father said. Don't you get it? You're nothing without Jesus. So many times, like the donkey, we too feel that it was our decision to believe in Christ that brought us our salvation. I made the greatest decision of my life, and now I'm saved. But my heavenly father says to me, don't you get it? Crazy donkey, you're nothing without Jesus. I'm not talking about Jesus, the therapist that makes us feel better, or Jesus, the coach who wants us to be all that we can be and and, and, and in life successfully. I'm not talking about the plastic Jesus who we see and then remember that we must bring him with us for good luck. I'm talking about the real Jesus, our humble king who serves, our mighty warrior who fights, and our radical prophet who shakes things up. Without him, your faith is nothing. Without Jesus, I am nothing. A mere donkey. Who is Jesus? Please repeat after me. Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me. Amen. No.
Let us confess our faith together with all Christians everywhere. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. He created and sustains heaven.